I'd Find faster them. trust an AI than I would trust myself. So it's kind of like time traveling, but for booking your, your place. They disrupted again, those Airbnb guys. Somebody's got to stop them. I think if, if Brian is listening to this, we'll come into summer 2025. <laughs> I mentioned the broken finger story. That's way safer to put some things in the hands of AI than it is to put in the hands of humans. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So the, the feature creep for this travel business is to kill travel forever. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Feature Creeps, the show where two distinguished software engineers talk about software and apps. I'm your host, Johnny, and here's your other host, Joel. Hello, hello, Johnny. Hello, everyone. How are you doing today, Joel? Oh, good here. Oh, good here. Safe and good. You're still in Brazil, like last week, but in a totally different place in Brazil, an island in Brazil. Yeah, a bit further south now. So enjoying the sunshine in Florianópolis, south of Brazil. Nice. And we are going to be talking about Airbnb today. Last week, were you in a not some Airbnb? I was, yeah, I was in a really cool place in Sao Paulo. Pretty good location and nice house with the family. Very cozy. I stayed in a cozy house in Florianópolis when I visited all those years ago. And uh, I don't think you've ever stayed in an Airbnb in uh, Florianópolis, but maybe you have rented an Airbnb in uh, Florianópolis because you have a place to, to list on Airbnb there. Yes, yes. I used them both sides in Florianópolis. Actually, I stayed in a house before and also I rented an apartment here myself. So today we're a couple of power users. I'm a regular power user, if I may say so myself. I use Airbnb a lot to stay in various places around the world, but Joao takes it to the next level. Joao travels more than I and also uses it as a Airbnb host as well. So a lot of unique perspectives we're going to get today, I'm sure. I really use Airbnb a lot and I really like looking at the previous trips on Airbnb and seeing the places I've been. And sometimes I even forget the houses I've been. And sometimes they even add different pictures. So I, I look into the pictures of places I've stayed, you know, two years ago and like, oh, they changed that. Oh, they changed the position of this cup now. We'll be talking about our favorite Airbnb features as well, but you just made me think of a new one. Do they have that map where you can put pins and then it shows you that you've been there and there? Instagram still does it in a hidden picture where everybody you've taken a picture, it will show it as pins on a map and then you can actually click the pins and see the pictures, which is awesome. Does Airbnb do that? I don't think they do. They do highlight a few things that you have. I don't think the place you've been, but they're pretty good with the wish list. So if you marked a place as a place you want to go, you will see in the map if you're searching for things. Awesome. So have feature creep idea for them to add and have a feature that they actually have. That is pretty core feature creep, to be honest, because it's something that's not the core purpose of Airbnb, but it's a really cool, nice to have thing. And I think that follows the definition of feature creep quite well. Yeah, I have talked with a few Instagram engineers actually years ago, and they were saying that they want to abandon and they've hidden that feature with uh, the maps because it's just a small feature that does give delight to some users like me, but most people don't really care. And that's more code that you have to maintain and make sure that you don't break this weird screen that nobody ever gets to, but like five people out of five billion. And uh, it's a definition of a feature creep for sure. For sure. So would you like to set the scene and tell us a little bit about what Airbnb even is? Sure. I think a lot of people must have used Airbnb by now. It's pretty big billion dollar company. Airbnb was this peer-to-peer -peer platform that connects people to accommodations. 
and it's the classic web 2.0 and it was created back in 2007 by the current CEO Brian Chesky and Joe Gebbia. It was to offer an accommodation for people going to a conference. They started as a conference thing. So there was a conference in San Francisco. There wasn't enough hotels for everyone. And they created a website, a bed and breakfast, and offered this accommodation for people coming, staying in air beds. So then from that evolved to what Airbnb is today. So if you're searching for accommodation and you want to stay in a house and you want to live and experience a place more like a local and live like in a house that people would live in a place that you're going to visit, Airbnb is perfect for you. But also is this amazing machine for people to have another way of making profit. I rent on Airbnb and it's another source of income for me. And I think it solves the problems in many sides, as, and it's also a massive disrupt in the industry of hotels, which brings another flavor into traveling, and it brings all the possibilities for people going around the world. Yeah, Airbnb is definitely a Silicon Valley darling and a tech darling because it was probably and still is the biggest disruptor. The traveling industry is still feeling the effects of Airbnb. There are cities, especially like Barcelona, where I'm in currently, that have negative things to say about Airbnb because locals like me, I currently live here, are finding it hard to find places to rent because most people don't want to just rent houses for kind of cheap. They want to turn their houses into kind of hotels, like lightweight hotels, Airbnb them and charge for more for tourists that are coming from maybe higher income places and in cities. But we do mostly focus on the good stuff here. And it is really good whenever you disrupt and shake an industry. But I think in the end, you end up with better products, better features, better quality of life for everyone. I think travel has been unlocked thanks to Airbnb as well, even if a lot of hotels didn't like it, even if there is still things to be done with renting and landlords and all of that. I agree with that. But also, if you think about it, it brought up a lot of things that are good about hotels. Airbnbs aren't really replacing what hotels are. Hotels offer some sort of different hospitality and different business. And you know the difference what it is to stay in a hotel and stay in Airbnb. So the hotel industry can take this opportunity to leverage the hospitality in different ways. And they are taking it. But something like that was necessary. Something like Airbnb, I think the demand was there. It was clear that something was necessary to cover demand for staying in places like that. The start of Airbnb is a classic example why Airbnb is necessary or Airbnb exists because the hotel's demand is too high in some places and in some cases, in some events. So what do you think was the MVP vision and product for uh, Airbnb? I do think a big part of it is uh, what you're saying, that there were people that were trying to go for this conference, just wanted short accommodation, and literally there weren't enough hotels available. Maybe the other side that you mentioned could be, I have a spare room and a few spare airbeds. I'd like to make an income. What else do you think was core MVP? It was probably quite focused on the, the price as well. I think that was part of the MVP, competitive pricing. So I think they, they wanted to provide options for people to compete against insane rates of hotels. Well, that was definitely part of the initial vision. Yeah. Another thing that I just thought about actually, is that there are areas that are purely residential. Hotels cannot build there, 
But with Airbnb, especially 15 years ago or whenever it started, there was this cheeky window where you could have an Airbnb and stay in someone's house, really, because it's not a hotel, it's residential, and then be really close to something maybe more realistic, as you said before, more realistic to the real local life, which you cannot get with a hotel because they have to be in a specific designated area. This also makes me think, was the map and the pins an MVP feature for Airbnb? Like I want to see in the map where exactly I'm staying in Florianopolis or in Paris or in London or wherever else. And I don't want to fall into the Ryanair trap where they say from like wherever to Paris, but actually you're not in Paris, you are uh, closer to Marseille or whichever other city, and then you have to take the train to go to Paris. Yeah, thinking more about it now, those things are definitely on the early roadmap of Airbnb because they work, it was created by designers. Airbnb is famous for being focused on design and being a design reference and created so many patterns that we use across the industry. So many people go and copy the Airbnb designs over other things, things like that, like the map, the pins, and I would say the date picker as well. It's just a date picker, but it's so different than anything else and just set some standards in many ways for searching for dates and accommodation. So I think a lot of people come and get this date P and copy elsewhere. Definitely. You can say it disrupted the tech industry as well, because a lot of them wanted to copy the Airbnb model, the Airbnb design, the referral system, the Airbnb style guide for JavaScript that uh, they had. And you're right in that if you're trying to find a library for a date picker, React date picker or Svelte date picker or whatever, chances are what they mean is I have a component that looks exactly like the Airbnb date picker because yes. it's considered to be the best in class and it's now everywhere. Yeah, and Airbnb has open source data picker, so it's good. So initial feature creep, I guess I want to sell houses and I want to stay in a place like the two sides of the users there. And potential feature creep is like, I really want a map where I can see pins and see exactly where I'm staying. I want to see the prices vividly there, or maybe a graph of the prices or some comparisons. Those could have been some early Airbnb feature creeps. Yeah, and I think they were heavy on the design touches as well. And it makes a difference. We'll talk about competitors, but if when you put them side by side with competitors, you get the Airbnb feeling that, you know, you, you are onto a really cool website that you can search for uh, your travel accommodation. And it's a safe place for you to click around while the others doesn't really provide this, this safe pick design wise. So it's pretty good UX, I would say. Nice. So do you want to talk about the competitors or jump straight into the Airbnb top features that you have? Let's talk about the top features. Maybe you could start on that this time, Jenny. What's sure. the top feature? Oh, thank you so much about this. My top feature actually is the filters. They have so many filters. They redesign them all the time. They always look different, but still Airbnb style. And they always have more filters that the first time I see them, I'm like, oh, this is necessary. I always want to have this, like a good broadband filter and location filter, languages that can be spoken with the host. Is it accessible check-in? Is it hands-off self-check-in? All those things that the first time I saw them, I'm like, oh yes, I'm always going to be checking this. I think the filters are one of the best things that Airbnb has comparing with other websites like even big rental websites. I'm trying to not mention Zoopla in a bad way because I love working there. But Rightmove, for example, you're trying to find a house in London and you cannot check. I want it to not be ground floor. But in Airbnb, you can check for 
everything. I think the filters are the top feature that uh, Airbnb has. You can find the place that is tailored exactly to your needs and you're not going to be wasting your time reviewing places that then turns out are not really for you and you'll never go there. Yeah, I, th I agree. I agree. And I think people have criterias and the criterias grow as they go. Let's say I will never stay in a place without a jacuzzi. So then you start your search with from that and then fr from then on, it's pretty powerful. And every summer release, you can see they include improvements small improvements here and there on the filters and adding more filters. So they've been looking after that. What's your top feature? I like the trust building mechanisms they created. I think that's the core feature that makes Airbnb more successful. We've been talking a lot of good things about Airbnb, but we know there's a bad side to it, but we'll get to it. It's just a, a part of a trade-off of using uh, a peer-to-peer -peer connection because it's the trust building mechanisms is it's something that solves some of these trade-offs. It is a scammy world out there, and it's you can encounter some people that that have bad intentions, especially in platforms like that. So you always have like verified profiles. You have like verified by IDs, by guest reviews, by you have a secure messaging system. So all those things that Airbnb provides for you to, for hosts and guests, for hosts, you're going to have a stranger in your house. And that's pretty odd, especially if you're renting a room, but also for guests, you want to make sure the house exists and the person is genuine and the reviews are genuine. So I think any efforts that direction makes the travel better and it makes the platform work in a better way for sure that's an interesting feature and differentiator versus hotels in that the, the hotel the airbnb host can actually reject you so they see who you are they view your profile and they can say oh this person looks uh, a bit uh, dodgy and uh, maybe unclean or whatever they, they can have their own judgment of course it doesn't need to be charged with uh, anything they can just say oh this person looks like they have a dog that says a lot. Let's not have them in the house because I want it to be clean. And as a host, can you actually put in filters like that? I imagine that, yes, like no pets allowed and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, you can, you can put stuff like that. And also th there is some flexibility on that, which is nice because people can still send messages even if they are not meeting the criteria and they can ask, oh, maybe this time, can you allow me to be there with the dog or with a baby? A high quality non-setting dog. Can I please stay in the, your flat? Yeah, that's the point. Cool. So should I move on to my actual second feature? Yeah, go for it which I did mention briefly in the part of the filters, is that I love contactless check-in. I love a hassle-free check-in where I just have some instructions. I go, I see a lockbox or something, and then I do the numbers thing. I solve my little text adventure game where you solve those little riddles, you get the keys, you open all the locks, and then you're in. In hotels, it's always a bit of a process to get in. They have a 24-hour concierge, so there will always be someone there to help you. But sometimes I'm tired from traveling. It's 1 a.m. I just want to get in bed and talk to nobody else. So the hands-free second with no interactions, I think, is uh, my second favorite feature that is uh, very often highlighted in Airbnb. And something that I think started emerging because of Airbnb, because on the other side, I imagine the hosts wouldn't want to go through the same process of welcoming people again and again. So they tried to automate this uh, system. Yeah, I, I think that's a good one. It's one of the things that Airbnb is quite flexible with. You can literally create like a front desk in your house and <laughs> receive people like a hotel would, I guess. It has way less rules than 
hotels would have. But I think the future of travel, even for hotels, is more in that direction, I would say. But maybe that's a different episode. Maybe that's a fixer creep. I want an app on my phone where I, I pre-check in there and then I scan on the door of the hotel and then I can go to my room. I get I don't need any extra cards. I don't need to put in my passport uh, there. They don't need to go to the back room to scan it. I just get into the hotel or Airbnb and all I need is my Apple Watch or whatever else device I have. So I will go for the third one. The referral system, I think, was huge back in the day when Airbnb started growing because... You'd stay in an Airbnb and then Airbnb would uh, entice you with the offer. Would you like to get 35 euros off or $40 or 60 pounds or whatever else? All you need to do is refer a friend. And if the friend signs up and stays in an Airbnb, then you get some credit to use in Airbnb. And that entices more people to sign up. They see that Airbnb is cool. They get the same offer. They tell their friends. They get them to sign up. Think So that pyramid scheme that Airbnb had, I think was actually crucial to how rapidly it grew. Yeah, I get that as well. And I think they do build this community and the people help and give feedback and then they always work on that for the new releases. So I think the community building is, is a good aspect of Airbnb for sure. Community building. How do you mean? Do you have a secret room for every other Airbnb host, like the Airbnb meetups, Airbnb Brazil for hosts only? Oh yeah, I think a lot of hosts get together and talk about that and they have like Airbnb community platform. There's a forum and things like that for people to take their concerns and questions. And also Airbnb goes heavy on blog posts. If you look at Airbnb blogging, they give you lots of tips from other hosts and they interview people like how to make your home more accessible and any topic related to that. Yeah, I... I think it was you that told me the story where in one Airbnb, maybe you were close to the station to some trains and then the host had a pair of earplugs or earplugs, enough earplugs for everybody staying there. And you said it as if it was a nice story. This Airbnb was close to the station, but the host was kind enough to offer us earplugs. So we slept great and the host was awesome. Well, you could have the opposite experience where you were a host that didn't think about providing some earplugs that are very cheap and then all they got was poor reviews and poor comments saying that this place is too loud so the place is still as loud as if you didn't have the earplugs or if you had them but the difference is you get for free or for like 50 pence a very happy customer and a happy review so that small tip i imagine is uh, something that's uh, easily passed around in meetups like that and those things are certainly bespoke, right? If you compare Airbnb to a hotel where you have more than one room or more than one accommodation, you will imagine if a hotel had one room, you would have like that concierge, that front desk person dedicated for this room. And they will know everything you need to know about this room to make your stay better. It's more bespoke experience for sure. For sure. And I did mention the contactless check-in, but I do appreciate when a host does greet me there in Airbnb, not a company, which sometimes happen. People do sometimes get someone else to manage it. And they give me that local flavor. They ask about me. They try to figure out who I am. I ask them about the places I should visit. And then they try to tell their responses. So I have a good time. And not just because I... I'm going to leave a good review if I have a, a good time. But because I do think people are good-natured and hospitable by nature, or at least most people that uh, started Airbnb in houses and not doing it as a business, as a way to make uh, some uh, side hustle money. 
That's because you're Greek and Greek hospitality is the best. So you believe people will be hospitable. <laughs> well, I tried to be hospitable when uh, we went to Paros, but uh, of course you have a broken figure to solve for it. <laughs> that was that for sure. It's a story yeah. for another time, maybe. We somehow managed to skip your uh, top two, top three uh, features for Airbnb. So please take the floor. Yes. I think we, we talk a, a lot about the core impact of Airbnb and this disruption. And it's something that's not really a feature of Airbnb, but something they started in 2020 is this summer release. I don't know if you've seen this years, but every year, Brian will come and talk about the new features. It's uh, sometimes I think it's not as exciting as a new Apple iPhone presentation because it's just tiny features on Airbnb, but you can see in general, the focus on design, the focus on feedback from people and a product iteration. From working in product, you can see this comes from several iterations and trying to focus on the things that matter. They are clearly avoiding feature creeps there. Yeah, I do like it. And it's a cool combined comparison you did with Apple as well, because they have an awesome video to go along with the summer release, but also the website that you go afterwards to check things out, or even if you haven't seen the keynote address, is very well designed, very nice. We're doing these things, here's some demos, here's some pictures. It's all very professional, which is something that companies very often miss. They just have a blog post with nothing or boring pictures, or they just have a conference and that's it. Airbnb and Apple as well, who had a very recent event, they both take care of doing. They do have attention of detail, they do want to hit you from every angle. Here's some video content, here's some blog content, here's picture content, here's what we did for you because we love you and also use our services and buy our products. Yeah, I think it's, it's similar vibes. You, you can see Brian's always in a home setup and I think he's trying to send a message that he's in different homes around the world while he's doing the summer releases and while he's doing his presentations. I think uh, internal presentations in Airbnb have seen shots of that, that he's yeah. trying to be in different places. Definitely. I remember the summer release where they highlighted that the uh, host would be able to do the Wi-Fi network connection uh, test. Uh, he was definitely mm -hmm. now very amazing looking uh, house and mentioning how we're working remotely now and more and more. That was a moment that stayed in my memory for sure. That also changed a bit the approach of Airbnb with people staying at homes for work and, and traveling in groups. And that, that's another thing that it's quite adaptive and the way they approached the pandemic and also the post-pandemic with this adaptations for people working remotely and health safety and regulations. You can see it's a very reactive product, but it, that doesn't pivot the things they're doing, but just adapt little by little to the situations. Nice. And if you don't iterate, if you don't adapt, you die, no matter how big you used to be, you have to grow and you have to iterate successfully. And Airbnb has managed to do that for 15 years. And that's why they're as big as they are now. Yeah. And, and the travel industry took a big hit in the pandemic, but I think it was known that it, it, it had to adapt in a way that w would allow people to still travel. So in, in 2020, it was, it was focusing on the outdoors and you can see the summer releases of 2021 focusing on things like that and building like filters for people to homes in the forest, homes and tree houses and things like that. It was a pretty decent approach in that sense. The pandemic affected every one of us. Every roadmap was pushed back. But I think you're right in that Airbnb and the hotel industry as a whole was in a unique position where the roadmap needed to be replaced. We can't do the things that we wanted to do last year, this year, because things have changed dramatically. While in other industries, 
a lot of the time was we'll do them, but we'll do them at lower capacity. They will slide off to the next year. We'll just do them slower. But the hotel industry really needed to reinvent itself for a while and reinvent itself forever as people now travel in a different way. They work in a different way. Yeah. We felt that and we also adapted in the ways we travel as well over the years. So it's a good. So do you want to hit us with your third top feature of Airbnb? Yeah, I already mentioned the top three in a way. One of the features is the user friendliness of the platform. Features like professional photography or this improved quality of listing as well. You can see like the top three things in there they, that they highlight for you. It, it's in a way to your search, to your filters. It, it doesn't look like it's using any AI, but it's, it looks like the thing that you could be looking for as a short summary of the amenities that you encounter in that place. It's amazing so because like it's the three things that we mentioned in this conversation that we've been having. It's like fast internet, self-check-in, and Ignacio is a super host, which is often a mark of quality and safety that if I deal with this person, it's verified by Airbnb essentially that they're going to be a real person who has treated their guests very well. It's like they know. It's like it's they like know they what they're looking for. <laughs> it's like I've used Airbnb before and they kind of know what I usually put in my filter. There may be some tracking going on here whenever I click on those. Someone, some data nerds, are their eyes twinkle and they rub their hands and say, let's use data. Let's uh, target this person. It needs some AI boost. <laughs> well, let's wait for it. But in the, in the latest summer release, Brian said that won't be any AI features until 2024 release. So I think they are preparing some, something interesting or they are just making sure things are super stable to use. But I believe they will start with some experiments pretty soon. It's the time to do it. I would also think that uh, he was being a bit modest. I know there are tons of companies that say AI and all they mean is a simple algorithm. So Airbnb definitely has an algorithm deciding I'm going to show you this first or that first, or I'm going to tell you, oh, these are Barcelona locations for you. Here's a trip, whatever, tailored to my location and to me. And some companies would say that's AI because uh, they want to sample to the AI train. But I think he was being modest and he means AI in a more chat GPT, large language model, that sort of thing, that era we're entering. An AI that can make decisions for me in a different way, not just a developer made a Nifels switch case or something like that somewhere to decide on a feed. In that sense, means magic. <laughs> I think when people say AI will come, they will come with some magical feature. And then, yeah, everything has a little bit of AI here in that. Yeah, the magic is still to come, I guess, for Airbnb. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And at this moment, AI for many people is. Yeah, yeah, in a way it is. So do you want to talk about competitors? We've mentioned a little bit about them. Lots of things like Booking.com, which was traditionally a, let's find a hotel website, has needed to adapt and compete with Airbnb to survive. Expedia as well travel company. I also have the Plum Guide, which is trying to position themselves as like a exclusive solution. But it's interesting to note that very few people are exclusively listing their listings just in Plum Guide or just in Airbnb, really, or just in Booking. They are trying to make a play and list themselves in as many places as possible, which wasn't the case when Airbnb came around. You just had the Airbnb and that's it. So being on the backend uh, host side of things as well, maybe you have more insights on the competitors of Airbnb. 
I haven't used much of other websites. I think I booked once with Verbo. Obviously, used Booking.com for booking apartments as well, which are like the branch where it competes with Airbnb. But I think they do lack on the competitiveness in terms of options for people to stay because people who have like millions of criteria, maybe the price isn't a problem, but there'll be some other problems and you should be close to the station, all the criteria you have when you're traveling. And for that, you need to show options for people. And I think Verbal Plum Guide, they are not quite there yet. It's something that's annoying in a way for competitors, right? Because they need to compete with something that already has the base and it, it's really hard to, to get to that point if you don't. So you have to really grow in a way to, that offers hosting experience or the host of maybe a better share or something like that in order to get to the, to the same database of hotels or accommodations. So I guess Booking.com is good in that in a way because it puts you side by side with hotels. So if you don't care of staying in an Airbnb or a hotel, you, you can stay in an apartment and you can also search on, on Booking.com for hotels. So in, in that sense, it's good, but still is booking.com which tend to have problems with it whenever i use booking.com i try to find like the i want an actual hotel uh, filter because uh, if i wanted an airbnb an apartment then i'd go to airbnb i wouldn't book it through booking.com if i'm there then it means i want to find a hotel so show me how many stars it is show me the user reviews but don't show me apartments even if they're well rated if i wanted apartment if I wanted uh, Airbnb, I'd go straight to the Airbnb. It's, it's that feeling, isn't it? Okay, I'm searching for apartments in this thing that isn't the best option I have for, to search for apartments. So then you know it's not your best option and like Airbnb is the best option. I've definitely managed to get myself into more dud apartments when I used accidentally maybe booking to book the apartment than I have Airbnb, actual through Airbnb horror stories where I went there and the place wasn't what I expected. It wasn't clean enough. Uh, I didn't mean to the person with booking. That seems to happen more often because it's not front and center for them to have that clean, safe experience. And in regards to Plum Guide as well, I was talking about how much I love the filters in uh, Airbnb and they have them front and center. You're like, oh, what's this OMG uh, filter? And you look at it and you're like, oh, I get it. It's like amazing uh, houses that look crazy in pictures and are going to be great for Instagram. Unique experiences, unique stays. But Plum Guide doesn't have anything. It says, where do you want to go? Put me the dates, put me how many people you are, and I'll show you some results. The filters come second, which is a huge difference. But it makes sense because it doesn't have the head start Airbnb has, and it doesn't have the core vision of great design, intuitive design that uh, you were talking about as well, that Airbnb has. And, and in order to introduce those filters and those things, people need to be comfortable in a UI, in an interface. People need to know how to navigate through that. And I think Airbnb is there. But if you see Plum Guide, imagine if you get to a completely different website that you're not familiar with, and you see all the options they've got on Airbnb, but in a slight different way, you would be sort of scared, I would say. And yeah, definitely. You have to filter for things like that. When don't actually need so maybe they are taking this approach for that reason so how much do you think they discussed the omg to me it seems like it's unique experiences unique homes they look unique and they are unconventional so maybe this one's you stay in the biplane here or <laughs> maybe you stay in a place that has a biplane probably you stay in that place because i see some curtains anyway like uh, how many discussions how many meetings were there to decide the special house listing is going to be symbolized by the UFO and the caption is going to be OMG. 
in, in my opinion, those are marketing features, right? It's something like, it's, I think it's, it's, it might be a feature creep even because it's something that looks really cool when you talk about it. Oh, there's this feature, there's this filter for all my OMG. But then in, in uh, effectiveness, it's not something really people will use. I, I do click around the, the options, like the, the house types that are super trendy, like the, the farms, the countryside, a place with amazing pools, beach, beachfront and all that. I click around, but mostly to see the places because they look cool and they, they'll put on top the places that look really cool, castles and things like that. But I think in effectiveness, people know what they're looking for, the place they, they want to go, and they will go through the normal map, filtering, wish listing, and, and uh, yeah searching that way. I mentioned Zoopla earlier, and that's something that happens as well when you're looking for a home, that we know that a lot of users just Zoopla and chill. Friday night with their partners, they scroll through Zoopla with no real intention to buy a house or buy a two million uh, pound house in a specific area or that big or whatever else. But sometimes it feels fun to just navigate the website and see what's uh, possible and maybe because you are happy navigating Zoopla or Airbnb, at some point you, you will use it when you do want to convert, even if you're going to use more serious filters and you're not going to be looking for UFO listings at that point. Completely agree. So we've talked about quite a lot of stuff already. So do we feature creep Airbnb and discuss what we would be adding to take it even further? The feature to set that... them up for the next 15 years. I think that's what everyone's waiting right now. Exactly. Would you like to start? So the part. Yes, maybe I could start. Please Let see. me have a look because there, there's so many things that could be done. Once I heard that travel is about expectation, just the expectation to travel, that's the beauty of travel. Just waiting and then looking at the place that you're going to stay and looking at the things that you're going to do when you get there. And I think there's a lot of improvement you do in that area of then maybe sending some notifications of oh, this is what you can do. And I think in the AR world that we could enter in the near future, there are things that can be done to, to increase the expectations as well. So something to take the person in a tour, in a virtual tour of the house, or take the person in a virtual tour around the, the surroundings and things like that. So you can see I'm rambling through some generic feature creep here, but it's because I think that there is an opportunity for us to discuss and come up with this feature creep as we go. So my feature creep was actually the thing you hit, virtual viewings for uh, property listings, like in uh, Supla that I keep mentioning today, you can see a 3D view of the house and you can fly around and you can see it from every angle. That is happening for when you're looking to rent or buy a house. That's kind of common there, but it's not common in Airbnb. You don't have that many 3D viewings. Maybe that's by intention, because if you have a pro photographer to take your pictures, you're going to make your house look awesome. But if you have an actual 3D replication of your house, maybe it's not going to be looking the best. But I guess it depends. Then maybe you need a better videographer or however they're going to do this. Maybe augmented reality will make the house look more real, but that's not really what people want with everything. It's often that you will see the pictures and you get to the places. It's not as good as the pictures, I'd say. And that's one of the core functionalities of maybe for hosts is providing good pictures and, and making people like your place before they go into that. So maybe an AR feature would make the place too real. 
and as a host, it may be this not uh, to your advantage to show the most real view of your house. You want to show your house at your best, but there may be a way to do the 3D rendering and then suit it at its best. Touch up the lightning a little bit. You don't need to make it feel bigger because it isn't, but you can still paint it in its best. If you hit it on a nice summer sunset, maybe overcast, which is best for photography, maybe that's exactly the view you'll get. Or if it's like blue skies, that's what you're going to get. So this picture, you can only get if it's sunset and it's hard to capture in a 3D model. But I do think as a guest, I would love to be able to actually be there. It's great to be inspired with these photos and be like, okay, I'll be able to take this photo and post it on the gram. But I want to see what it is it really going to be like there. And maybe with the Vision Pro coming out that probably no one is going to take on vacation. I'm not sure. But I assume the iPhone 16 is going to have 3D camera as well that you'd be able to replay your videos in your Vision Pro and they're going to look awesome. I would love that to happen for Airbnb. So use your Vision Pro when you have it to be able to have the visual tour in that Airbnb you're looking to get into. And I'm sure there's going to be a filter of 3D guide available, 3D visual tool available. And then it may be to the host advantage to have one, even if it's not the house at its best, because it will appear when that filter is on. Yeah, for sure. I think it's always advantageous for the host to make sure people are getting what they want. It would be worse for the reviews, which is the core of hosting on Airbnb. If it's too different from the reality. But yeah, from the sunset pictures, you cannot guarantee that you're going to get sunsets 24 hours a day or even like sunsets beautiful like that once when you're traveling there. It's like posting a picture of a house in a sunny day in London. So it's almost certain that you're not going to get it. Yeah, a picture of Kelly's comment is about as a common occurrence for you to see than uh, a sunny day in London. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess, was that the common picture creep? Virtual viewings may be a good idea. Let's do them in AR or 3D for the Vision Pro and uh, all of those things. Yeah, I think that's, that's something that we can agree on. I want to make it even crazier, like integrate with Unreal Engine so you can actually play a game in the house that you're going to get in. So you have your Quest Pro or whatever headset and you are in the house and you can play on the pool, you can grab that banana that's on the fruit basket, you can throw it on the walls, and then you can have some fun on the house. So not just a virtual tour, but something like a gamified experience there. You can have a horror house, a haunted house type of game based on the Airbnb that you're listing. We, we are allowed to go crazy then, Johnny. So let's go. <laughs> so then what if we, you describe the things you intend to do in the house? And then it generates a 3D video of you and your friends doing the things in the house that you intend to do. And then shows what your future could look like. So it's kind of like time traveling, but for booking your, your place. Nice. And then you can only unlock and download like the full version for the resolution version of the video if you actually buy the Airbnb. And then you can even not go. You already have the memories. So you save time. Yeah. <laughs> have the pictures and you know, maybe could also like post on Instagram later or something. Yeah, those all the socials for you and uh, you don't even have to waste your time buying tickets and uh, all of that. You just convert and you get all the nice memories there. Yeah. So the, the feature creep for this travel business is to kill travel forever. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be disruptive to say the least. They disrupt it again, those Airbnb guys. Somebody's got to stop them. This reminds me, I want to shout out one of the many apps that you have, the next top person one, which is an app which puts 
a real person next to the Amazon product because sometimes you just want to buy like a glove to handle the pan and then the glove is too small or you buy whatever and it gets shipped to your house and you're like, oh no, this is like five meters uh, big. It doesn't fit in my house. So you have this app that puts that Amazon product next to a person. I guess the utility of what you were saying before it goes too crazy could be, do I fit in this pool or not? Do I fit in this uh, jacuzzi or not? You can uh, do something like that. Yeah, exactly. So like, how far is the TV from the couch? Those things yeah. are important. Just <laughs> next to a person.com. It was an idea because most people, surprisingly, cannot read dimensions from a website and say, this is uh, 30 centimeters for 40 centimeters, but it doesn't mean much to a lot of people, especially if you live in an imperial <laughs> set of metric system. But even if you are in a metric system, you look at like 30 centimeters, you, you can imagine what it's like, but most people can't really picture like exactly yeah. how it if it's so. close to my size which uh, is uh, around 180 centimeters or i guess 510 or 511 in uh, imperial then i can kind of get it like a bit bigger than me or a bit smaller than me but 30 centimeters like th what does that mean i don't know it's uh, very hard to visualize you need to spend time trying to find things that are of similar size or find a measuring tape of course and then it uh, becomes understandable in my head well if you have the picture you're like oh okay i get it yeah, an extra person is always a good perspective. I think that's that's yet to be reinvented with some AI flavor, some magical flavor in it. So we'll work more on an extra person in the future. Cool. So would you like to go for an extra feature creep? Yeah, I think we can go to a second one. The way I use Airbnb a lot is for booking trips with friends. And then more people that you put in a mix, more criteria you have. It's very common pattern that you you send a link and then people say, oh, this one doesn't have a barbecue. This one doesn't have an outside area. And then you create all these criteria and, and then you after you have it, then you just go and reopen and research again for all the houses. It would be nice if you could open all your tabs as you would do at the beginning. So Airbnb, search in an area, get like a reasonable pricing, open all the tabs, and then you start going through them. But what if we could let's say a Chrome extension or something that could just summarize for you, given your criteria. And as the criteria change, remove those options for you because they will change on the go. So you sorted out the wishlist feature before, which is great. And I think you can invite another person to your wishlist, but can they not like add filters? There are no common filters that these uh, things you wishlisted, wishlisted here have. So maybe something to add there in that wishlist feature could be the way to go versus a Chrome yeah. extension. Yeah, summarization of reviews is something it's out there and many apps are doing right now because no one has the time to read all the reviews, although it's kind of nice to, to get like the personal touch of a review. But obviously, ChatGPT is there for you to summarize, copy and paste, and then what are people saying about this house? Tell me in one paragraph. And if Airbnb could do that and also take into consideration from all the tabs you have open, all your friends' criteria, which one based on reviews fits our needs, based on pricing. You could even analyze the photos and you drop in a house that you stayed before. We all stayed on this house before. This one fits the criteria. Any of those 30 options are within range for us as a group. I like it. I'm gonna take it away for my next idea. So I was thinking, of a VIP concierge type of experience, which I think has been kind of done before, but not in a 10th as successful as Airbnb. But the idea is to feed some data to an AI. So as you say, you can say, 
I've stayed in a house like this before. I've stayed with these people in that house. We've liked this. These are the reviews. This is what I like. This is what my friends like. And then that VIP concierge can pick the house for you, which is kind of like what you're saying. But my idea was to take it to the next level, like pick many houses. The target is I want to spend two weeks in Brazil or whatever else in the world. Pick as many houses as you need in order for me to have a great experience. Airbnb experiences is also a thing. So maybe buy a few of those, like book a trip to the glacier in Patagonia or whatever else. Book the train tickets, book everything. VIP concierge, I give you the details of me and my friends, thanks to your feature creep. And then it decides the itinerary for us. And it would be nice if it just bought everything, all the tickets. Like here's my budget, like buy as many as you need for me to have the best time in Brazil now that you know what type of person I am and the group I'm going with. Yeah, I, I like the idea. And there is a opportunity in disruptions in any product and like go and book things for me. People are uncomfortable even saying like, oh, Alexa, go buy some stuff for me and, and deliver here. This is something that people are still adapting this idea of AI or the machine just making this conscious decisions and using your credit card. So there is a step for people to take, but it's disruption that will a product could come and, and change in the market as Airbnb came in a way to allow strangers into your house, which was unacceptable, and now it exists. So I guess allowing AI to buy you stuff and books and put you inside a plane, I guess that's that's reasonable to think will happen. And just it's not AI to make great decisions. Sometimes I don't trust a person to make uh, the right decisions. So for groceries, I always have the option to go online and say, I want to buy this fish and this steak and these tomatoes and whatever else. But I don't trust the person that's gonna actually pick the right tomatoes. I'm thinking, I foolishly think that I can pick the best tomatoes and the best uh, steaks and the best whatever else it is I'm buying. So I make it harder for myself. I actually go to the grocery store. I have to carry it all the way back. I have to waste my time picking the right uh, tomatoes instead of just going online saying, listen, I want tomatoes, get it done for me. And it's not that the AI is picking I don't trust the person that's going to be executing the order to be picking the correct thing. So maybe I won't trust the AI to say, did it really pick the best place for me to stay? Well, I would trust AI over a person for sure. A hundred percent. Humans are way more likely to make a mistake. And I think that's the transition that we're currently in. We are starting to understand that's way safer to put some things in the hands of AI than it is to put in the hands of humans. Definitely, so, like enough, driving, I'd faster trust an AI than I would trust myself. Yeah, exactly. It's still some journey, people, to, to get that sense that AI is better. But it's, it's clearly trained in lots more data than our brains are trained and way less likely to make a mistake. But the fear is always uh, generally in case of something that never happened before happens, a human maybe can make a better decision because AI is trained in a subset of situations that not, doesn't necessarily include aliens invading Earth or something like that. They wouldn't be able to predict what you do. And maybe humans could figure out a way out of some situations that AI wouldn't. But I guess some more general intelligence could solve the problem. I think that's a part of uh, what's happening. But I think there is that mistrust on whether AIs have whimsy or have like human-like taste 
do they have compassion? Do they know romanticism? Do they know love? Like those things, do you trust an AI to pick the perfect spot for you to propose to your fiance or to your girlfriend at the time? or to take on a date with your wife, because you know your wife uh, better than uh, anyone else, better than any AI, you'd hope. So maybe you won't trust them for that. It's not just chess, solve game. If the AI is telling me I should move my bishop there, I have to do it because it's going to be better than uh, what I can do. Or if I spent six hours thinking about it, maybe I'll arrive to the same uh, outcome, but I will never decide on something better. But if it's something more subjective, something that depends on, am I going to have fun? Am I going to think that the place is romantic or not? Maybe we're not trusting the AI enough to be able to accommodate for that, the taste that humans have. Yeah, but I think it's a transition that we're living in right now. So for airplane tickets, I would say, okay, the AI has aggregated all possible itineraries and plan and says that these are the tickets to buy. I would trust that. But staying somewhere, we need to get a bit more comfortable having AIs take those decisions. We need to trade them a bit uh, better. I, I like this idea. It has legs for sure. Any more ideas? Any more feature creeps? Nothing that I can think right now. Uh, how about you? Any other ones? I have one that's oh, similar yeah. to the surprise redirect that we're talking about in the Linktree episode. I would say surprise uh, exchange would be fun. Surprised booked destination. You are just logged into Airbnb and you get a notification at some point, I booked you places to go and to stay in for next month. Get ready, get back in, you're going. You give maybe Airbnb the authority to spend that much every year and randomly throughout the year, it just buys something for you. And then you're like, oh, I guess I have to go there. That's pretty good. There, there, there are some companies doing that exclusively now. But imagine a subscription on Airbnb, like Airbnb plus traveler, surprise or whatever you can call. And then once a month, you just specify in your calendar the date and then Airbnb books everything for you. And then you're like the premium surprise traveler. So that could fly. I, I can see the feature checklist right now because it's not just a surprise element that makes it more exciting. You can actually say that uh, the algorithm has figured out that this is a huge deal, like prices are low, usually this place is not available. So you can feel that you're getting a good deal in the classic, the more I buy, the more I save type of way. So I can see this actually gain interaction. And having it as a subscription is an exclusive model, right? So it's great for the business in a way, because you get recurring revenue from that. That's right? what I mean. As a subscription, maybe I would buy for it because I would see it as something that saves me money. So if I have this on, then I save that much money and they're going to tell me at the end of the year that I saved this much because it managed to find a place that's usually booked and then that's usually not on the discount that they signed it in. And I saved so much money by actually giving Airbnb more money with uh, this uh, subscription. Yeah, that's great. I think if, if Brian is listening to this, we'll come into summer 2025. <laughs> I like it. I will be looking for that invite. You have the handles on screen. Uh, feel free to use this idea for sure. Yeah. There is uh, like a subset of this idea that I'm just thinking about. You recently Airbnb to a place that you didn't really know where it was, wasn't it? In the, the last year, booked some tickets for all of you. They had your credit cards and they booked a secret holiday vacation for you. Exactly. But that was all tailored by friends that wanted to organize a surprise trip. So two friends organized a surprise trip for eight friends. That is way easier because they know everything uh, that people like and, and they, they know the criteria in their heads already. But that's how that's you do it. 
that's your yeah, MVP exactly. always. You start with artificial intelligence, you start with things that don't scale, and then when you prove that people are going to buy this and you have too many, the wait list is full and you cannot accommodate for custom tailoring with the human element, their experiences, then you figure out how will the AI produce output that's as good or nearly as good. A, a perfect case to start a business. We're really cracking it. Like the ideas for free here for Airbnb, they'll reach the trillion dollar valuation, surely, if they go after these. For sure. They, they will spend like two trillions, but they will reach the <laughs> one trillion value, especially in the AR future idea. I think that's quite an investment to make your way. Yeah. And I wonder if it's the same logic that the more you invest in the features, the more you gain in the long run. I guess you put your money as the roulette wheel spins and you're hoping it's going to land on. Yes, AR is actually big. People have embraced it and they are craving something like this. And, and I think Airbnb has been quite careful with them saying that they're going to start using AI by 2024 in some features. So they wouldn't do anything too crazy. So something we usually ask is people watching, sometimes they're engineers, should they build an Airbnb clone or competitor as a weekend project, as a real project, as something that they'll go to Y Combinator and say, have a business idea. Do you think they should do it? Should they build an Airbnb clone? Wow. It's quite a hard business to get into as a whole, I'd say. Some others are successful, like the Plum Guide, but they don't have the same database of places as Airbnb. So that's quite hard. But if you have the, the right feature creep on top of Airbnb, maybe you can start something. But I don't know. What's your opinion on that, Jenny? Well, I rarely say this, but it's going to be a hard no. Don't try to build the Airbnb clone. I don't think you can compete. I don't think you'll be able to find a niche uh, group that Airbnb doesn't already have. Even Plum Guide, it's essentially the Airbnb premium listings. And you cannot get there as a competitor and as a learning project, I think it'd be overwhelming for everyone. Just uh, creating the Airbnb calendar from scratch, that's a weekend project in itself when you can just use the ones that they've open sourced. But then would you really learn anything other than uh, integrating with a library? Pick another idea and use the Airbnb calendar. I'd suggest uh, go for something like that. There are too many things like calendars and booking resolution, like conflict uh, resolutions chat system to talk to the guests, the reviews to build. It'd be hard to get started with a weekend project like this, something to do on the side as a learning project. And as a competitor, I just can't see it. Yeah, I think it's quite a complete platform, but I think there are opportunities. And as you mentioned, there are niches that are very specific niches to explore. You can just create a, a website for tree houses or mm -hmm. just create a website for tents and probably already exist all those two that I'm mentioning. But there are, there are specific things you can do, but at the same time, you do need a similar level size platform to, to host those and, and it's still behind in the preference. Even if you have something niched, Airbnb might be better than you in finding niche properties because they have pretty good filters on that. For sure. All right. I think that wraps it up for the main things that we're going over. We were thinking that today we could actually go to product hunt for hot topics related to what we're talking to. We're talking about travel. So I have this page here, the best in travel in 2023. Product hunt is a, a place where apps go to be promoted to gain some free marketing. 
And uh, if they get enough traction and enough trusted reviews, then they make it to the product hunt up of the day, and then maybe on the roundup of the week, and then maybe on the roundup for the month, and maybe on their best in travel in 2023 that uh, you've linked me to. So would you like to go over some of the apps that uh, have made it there? Yes, uh, but I think this is the part that we are very free in a way. Just pick one, randomly read what it is, and we try to understand and feature creep it. Yeah, we're just talking about, should you try to build a competitor to Airbnb? Probably not, I say yeah. hard no, but travel is a huge industry that lots of things can happen. So let's see what people have been doing in travel. So best of the best is Tascom, which says, unlock a new era of communication with Tascom, experience the freedom of virtual phone numbers, travel eSIM and hassle-free international calling. So immediately, this is not really a travel startup. So if you travel somewhere else, you can get cheaper rates or something like that, but not really something that is going to disrupt your travel experience. Yeah, it doesn't look like something massively disruptive, but all the companies that ever used for eSIM travel cards, they were horrible. And perhaps they are top of the list because they do something that's not horrible. Sometimes all you need is to make it a bit better than uh, what's there before, because there is a need for this. But is it the ultimate travel companion for globetrotters? I guess having the internet access, even when you're trying to access the Airbnb and chat with your host is integral. So if you're going somewhere that your provider has crazy rates or just doesn't cover, or has you pay five pounds per month or per day for a travel pass, for a data roaming pass, then you may want something like this. That's one of the needs for it, for sure. Another thing with Porta Hunt is that you never know if it's actually a real product or not, but this one seems like uh, it's a real product that I can actually buy. So that's good. There are a lot of fake doors on Pro Product Hunt. People just release that first, see the engagement, and you have like a mailing list or newsletter. They get their uh, or, friends yeah. and other CEOs to say, oh, great product. And then you click around and it's like, oh, it's actually fake doors. I can sign up, but uh, the product is not there. But this one seems to be it, a real product. It's good validations, any. But I do appreciate when the product is real. So this one, more promising, ditch your lease, live flexibly with Orca Pass. For remote workers who don't want a 12-month lease, just pay for that service and you get access to their network of top-rated monthly rentals at exclusive prices. So I was talking about how it's hard to find a house in Barcelona, and especially if you want to spend six months in Barcelona and then go to Greece or go to Brazil and not keep paying the place that the, for the place you're in, maybe something like Orca would be a good solution. Yeah. And that's pretty good for your base. Even I'm based in London and maybe I want to just stay one month in each area of London. The big cities is also pretty useful. I like it. Interesting. So do you think you can actually get a, a place to rent through this, or is it in like early access, fake doors type of preview mode? That is a good question. That's another part of our show. Is it fake or is it real? <laughs> yeah. Is it smoke and mirrors? How much smoke and mirrors is it? So if we click in, it kind of reminds me of Plum Guide. So that does look like an Airbnb competitor. And if I had to bet, I would say that this is also listed in Airbnb although I'm not going to investigate on the fly. 
Uh, but it's the month plus mode of uh, Airbnb where you can have a, f a filter for longer stays and a lot of hosts do give you a discount if it's for one month or more and they do more things for you like weekly cleaning, for example. And, it, and it's very good that's focused on remote working because that's the new reality and people travel and work from other places. There are some other problems that are also some other apps in the list that are solving like insurance or taxes so people can work and travel from anywhere but yeah that, that's the idea for every everything but also the uh, i think there's opportunity for airbnb for office spaces which already exist there's something called liquid space you have your office space in your home you have like a coffee machine you have good wi-fi and then you work from that but you're actually going to work somewhere else that week so you rent your office space or perhaps you live with a friend and your friend is traveling and they have an office space so they could come and just work during the day without staying and sleeping overnight. And the other things that evolve to the stay and to what Airbnb solves, that doesn't necessarily issue so, but there, there are other problems with it. So I think something like that will be more mainstream in the future of traveling and working remotely. So is it a bit like a mix between Airbnb and uh, WeWork? Yeah, exactly. But a peer-to-peer -peer we work, I guess. That's that's the idea. But I think ah, there's still I opportunity see. to create on that space. I see. Nice. So that's one that is to be tracked in the radar for sure. Let's do one more. Do you want to go like to Blick? Did you talk about Blick or did you talk about something well, that was if we can do one more, I think offsite's a good one because that's similar to one idea we had. Uh, our dream idea, Johnny. Yeah, famously, I mentioned the broken finger story slightly. Well, I didn't mention the story. I mentioned that the broken finger happened, but it happened in the midst of a very successful and very happy, very fruitful for the company as well, hiking retreat we did in my island of Paros, Greece. And this offsite seems to be a website where it organizes the retreat for you, although other people have retreat experiences and then you buy them off them, you book them off them. Is it a peer-to-peer offsite platform or do they organize the retreat experience, the offsite experience? I still don't know, but yeah, I think they, they help you. I guess they would organize partly. So their idea is you're a company, you want to have your team bond while being productive. You want them to feel like they've shaken things up. So you want to get them to like Miami for a week and they have a place where they can work well and play well and have great results to present when they come back. And this company, you tell them what exactly you're doing and what you're looking for. And they are working with some hotels or places for you to book through them or organize through them. And that is something we wanted to do, right, Jen? We yeah, want definitely. To be able to maybe open a place in Greece and invite companies and teams to work there for a week. And we would be helping them with brainstorming and hacking and helping them with our engineering expertise and some volleyball expertise and some beach tennis expertise, maybe. So we would involve a lot of team bonding and some serious hacking. So. If we could live and work from this, it would be amazing. European summer in Greece and Southern Hemisphere summer in Florianopolis. That yeah, so the start would be in Paros, Greece, and then the expansion would be Florianopolis. And then the world, we can hit all continents eventually. And I guess the pitch would be, what if you had two distinguished 
software engineers, used to be principal software engineers and hold great positions in great companies, consult on your project. And what if you could do that in the blue waters of Paros or Florianopolis and also play beach volleyball and surf and really have your play well and work well. And that may happen in the future. We still have some entrepreneurship goals and visions and ideas for sure. I think that if you compare the idea on building a full peer-to-peer -peer website where you connect people that do that to hacking retreats, which I think is more similar to what Offsite is, those are like different magnitudes and different efforts because we would provide the entire service, but we will only provide one listing. So that's basically our service, our core business would be the, the service we provide on site. Yeah, the, the consultancy would be tailored to your problems, but the location would be fixed. And maybe like the exact places you hit or how long you stay would be different, but essentially it's going to be this island in Greece or that island in Brazil, according to whether you're doing it in Northern Hemisphere summer or Southern Hemisphere summer. And I really enjoy the concept of validation of a product that way, right? Because let's say we want to evolve to a billion dollar business where we connect people and engineers that want to provide consultancy everywhere in the world. And then you can pick any, any site. So we don't have to be the ones providing it, but our MVP, our starting point is something that we enjoy. Plus it's something that it's feasible. We don't have to recreate Airbnb from scratch. We don't need a huge database of clients or anything like that. We can get it going and we can learn what is necessary to scale. So this approach to product creation is a good one. Yeah. You don't need to build your automatic calendar conflict resolution system and see what's booked or not, because it's just my calendar. It would just go to me and then it would be like, oh, this client wants to do a consultancy in that week of the year. And then I'll be visually checking, oh, that's booked. So cancel them or not uh, confirm them. So you can take a lot of uh, shortcuts by again, doing it the artificial intelligence way, the human way. Absolutely. All right. I think with that. We should be happy with today's episode. We've managed to talk a lot about Airbnb, an app clearly that we love and we've used a lot. We went to Product Hunt, not to like dunk on other apps. Every app that makes it out is an achievement in itself. And I'm very happy that uh, they're doing well. And uh, it allowed us to spring into our own ideas that uh, we've had in the past and build even more ideas for the future. But I think that's gonna be it for today's episode. This probably has been the episode we, which we've been the most positive about the app we talk about, but we would love to hear any comments, any bad things and things you don't like about Airbnb, about any other with a similar service. So we would love to hear your comments on that too. For sure. Until then, where can people find you as well? The best way would be my personal website, jhins.com. You have a few socials there and my email, and that's the best way for sure. Amazing. And uh, you can oh, find me by searching at uh, YouTube, search for Johnny Svelte and probably something will uh, pop up. Have a watch on those videos. I think you will learn something, especially if you're an engineer, but there are tons of them that have a lot of little in-jokes for everyone to enjoy, even if you are a designer. So that's going to be it for me. I think you should watch the videos for the jokes. The jokes are the best. Don't watch for Svelte. No, do watch for Svelte as well. <laughs> MVP for my vision of uh, entertainment uh, product is definitely the entertainment and the jokes, like dad jokes. How many dad jokes can we hit? Exactly. And then you could, should have a dad joke counter detector. 
Nice. Like with AI, oh. we can do it with AI. Like that'd be a great uh, proof of concept for some AI because it's kind of hard for AI to be able to understand whether something is a dad joke or not. It's not like an AI that counts how many times you say well or right or svelte. It needs to be able to understand the nuisance of what you're saying. Are you making a joke? Are you not making a joke? That's, that'd be an interesting project. There are a lot of tools that are trying to transcribe what you're saying and understand the meaning of what you're saying. So understanding whether you're making jokes or not, that'd be a cool project. I'd rather have that as a weekend project than uh, building an Airbnb clone. We are feature creeping again, right at the end of the episode where, you, where we are feature creeping your YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, adding features to a YouTube channel is a fun thing to do because then you have to realize with a script, but a language script, even JavaScript is a language. I won't make a nice joke here, but I failed miserably. So with that in mind, any other last uh, minute words, Joao? No, this has been, been great. Thanks a lot, Jenny. Thank you for being here and have such insight about Airbnb in particular and about everything else as well. I'll catch you later. And everyone watching, thank you so much. Thank you for spending the time with us. We'll catch you in the next episode. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.